All right, welcome to another episode of Broadway Broads. Broadway Broads. I'm Nikki. I'm Steph. I don't like musicals. I'm going to go out and say that I love musicals. Uh, we're best friend and roommates, and we are on a mission. What mission are we on, Steph? We're on a mission to get you to tolerate a musical. I was going to say, like, can we take a music ha- musical hater into a musical liker? That feels like a stretch. <laughs> I know, and I'm not going to be that bold. All I'm right. going to temper my expectations and uh, just, yeah, try to get you to tolerate a musical. Be able to watch a musical with you and not feel crushed afterwards. I think that is very doable. I think so, too. I feel very hopeful about this. I'm pretty optimistic today. I'm feeling very optimistic today, and I'm actually excited to watch this musical, which are words I never thought I would utter. I know, and maybe that's adding to my excitement, but I'm so excited for this particular musical. What are we watching tonight, Steph? Tonight we are going to watch Bye Bye Birdie. Woo! (laughs) I know nothing. I love that you know nothing. I think we should just instate for as long as possible to only watch musicals I haven't watched. It feels more fun for me. It's also a very easy task. Because I've never (laughs) seen a lot of musicals. So I literally know nothing about Bye Bye Birdie, except today I learned two things while looking to make sure it was still available on Amazon. Would you like to know what those two things are? Please tell me. Number one, there was a remake in 1990-something. Oh my god, there was! I've seen that one too! (laughs) Okay, so I remember when I would maybe say to people, like, oh, we're gonna watch Bye Bye Birdie. Say, oh, which one? Said, uh, I don't know, Bye Bye Birdie. The, the one. And now I understand why. Yeah. Um, so, don't really want to watch the remake. No. I've seen it before a long, long time ago. I want to say... I want to say Jason Alexander is in it. I believe he is. Okay, good. Yeah. So I learned that. And then the second thing I learned was that Dick Van Dyke and Janet Lee are in this movie. And, that is correct. And I am so excited. <laughs> like, literally, I saw Dick Van Dyke's name and I was like, sold. Y- yes. Just A hundred percent, yes. Now that I know this, I'm like a million times more excited. Good, because maybe then you'll be at my level of excitement, which is um, extreme excitement. (laughs) Let me explain it for you. Okay, please break it down for me, Steph. When I was a kid, I loved Bye Bye Birdie. Loved it. Don't remember even how I was introduced to this musical, but I watched it over and over again, alone in my room, dressed in my grandmother's vintage outfits, and I would reenact the introductory scene and pretend I was Anne Margaret. When you see this, you will understand and you will laugh. <laughs> I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. You had this, what, on VHS? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's on, like, real. a small TV in my room. Yeah, and... that's how you do it. That's love. But, like, that's an iconic scene. They reference that in Mad Men. Like, you'll... Everything will start to make sense for you once you see that, I think. Like, a whole, like, portal in my mind will be unlocked. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I love Bye Bye Birdie, and I haven't watched it in, I want to say, over a decade. When was the first time you saw it? No idea. That far back. And I don't even know if it was that far back or my memory is that poor. Nice. It might be the latter. But I... Yeah, I just have this memory of like watching it over and over again. It's fun. It's catchy. It is, I mean, it. you'll love it. I think you'll actually, dare I say love? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Let, let me bring it back. Let me rein it back a bit. Will I like it? I think you'll like it. Okay. Yeah, I think you're going to like I already like, like the runtime. It's like less than three hours. I'm already here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the Dick Van Dyke. Yes. And um, from what you've told me, there's good dance sequences. And Did I tell you that? I don't remember saying that to you. Maybe not. Well, maybe something <laughs> about big sequences. I think it it's fun. Fun. Okay. All of the sequences are fun. You're going like to get a lot of like humor and just 
I mean, it's Dick Van Dyke is in it. This is going to be great. That's it's going to be all great. I need to know. I have super high hopes for this viewing. All right. Well, I don't have anything else for this before we start. I feel like we're both excited. We're both going in hopeful. So let's all watch Bye Bye Birdie. Gonna go watch Bye Bye Birdie. All right. We love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Conrad. And we'll be true. When you're not near us, we're blue. Oh, Conrad, we love you. We hate you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. We don't hate anyone as much as you. And we watched Bye Bye Birdie. We watched Bye Bye Birdie. We did it. We did it. It was great. Was it really? Did you like it? I did. I did. How could you not really? I don't know. It. It hit so many notes. So I guess that takes us right into hot takes, which is, I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to say that after a pretty hard week, it was delightful to sit down with Bye Bye Birdie and just like enjoy the silly, charming, funny nature of it. It was delightful. It was really enjoyable. It was funny. It was bright. It was colorful. it was funny and campy in like all the right ways. It was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke. Can't get enough of Dick Van Dyke. I just want to like dive into a catalog of Dick Van Dyke movies. I'm I, ready for you it. You know what? You know what we should do? And I thought this while we, we were do? watching the musical. We should watch the Dick Van Dyke show. Done. I just go on that journey. I could watch that man's legs move forever. Just delightful. Just absolutely delightful. Um, I really liked it. It took me forever to like accept Janet Lee with this dark hair and like this attempt at darkness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a little disorienting because I was just like, you're, wait, no, you're blonde. <laughs> but it was fine. And everybody was really funny and all the characters were good. And I don't know, everybody was entertaining. I think that sums it up. It's a funny, silly, entertaining musical to watch. Very entertaining. I think I said something the other night that I didn't explain very well. And I think it's something to the effect of like commenting that the entire movie is basically like this one idea. And I realized that with all the other musicals we've watched up until this point, and a lot of them that I watch in general... I always find myself like being like, is this the whole thing? Like, is this it? And I think it's a testament to Bye Bye Birdie that I never had that thought. Like, I never once was thinking about how, like, there really isn't that much going on. It was great. I didn't care that really (laughs) there wasn't much to it because it was just so fun to watch. And that's why I think like it really stands out for me. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I did. Because, you know, like I said before, this is a nostalgic musical for me. It's a special place in my heart for Bye Bye Birdie. All right, Steph. So what fun facts do you have for us on Bye Bye Birdie? So many fun facts. What have you found? (laughs) I know you've been really excited to tell me, and it's hard not to tell me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so... Bye Bye Birdie is inspired by Elvis getting drafted into the army in 1957. So Broadway musical happened in 1960. The film happened in 1963 for a little background. Some fun facts around that are the production team actually wanted Elvis to be cast as Conrad Birdie. That is hilarious. Yeah, but his manager was like, no. He didn't want Elvis doing any roles that were like a parody of himself or his career. So that got shut down. Um, The title character, Conrad Birdie, that name is actually based off of a country music star. Well, can you call him star if no one knows who he is? You know, he was considered a rival of Elvis and his name is Conway Twitty. I was just thinking it was Conway Twitty. I don't know why, but that would make a lot of sense. Have you actually heard of that person before? I have heard of that person before. No. I don't know why. It feels like it's something I learned about in like a podcast in some deep corner of my mind. 
I've never heard of him before, which is why I thought it was so hilarious that they I took don't know. Conway Twitty and made Conrad Birdie. Right, because Excellent. it's like this was meant to be some sort of legitimate rival to Elvis at the time. Perfect. But I like anyway. it even more. So that's where we get the name Conrad Birdie from. Um, a fun fact is Anne Margaret would go on to star in Viva Las Vegas with Elvis. Which is just like, oh. From fake Elvis to real Elvis. Yeah. Way to go. Fake it till you make it. Literally. Okay. So, I mean, sticking with the Anne Margaret thought, like, let's just go back to the beginning of the movie and talk about how great she is <laughs> from the very start. From moment number one, I also want to say that I I think you said to me before we started watching the movie, like, you're going to understand some things after seeing this. And instantly I understood something. And I don't know what, like, it might be as innocuous as Family Guy or some other kind of parody situation, but I did recognize the intro sequence and it, like, clicked to me in, like, cultural my head. I didn't know the song, but I, you know, recognized those touchstones. I was like, okay check i think you're actually absolutely right family guy does reference two of the signature songs of bye bye birdie i just saw that on the wikipedia page Thank nailed you, wikipedia. it <laughs> so yeah you nailed it yeah that intro sequence was just really fun and a great way to open and it told me everything i needed to know about the rest of the movie like it's going to be bright it's going to be colorful and and Margaret, I think thinking I'm going to say it wrong again, <laughs> is going to be the star, and she's going to be this personality type, this character, and like, all right, buckle up, this is where we're going. Bye, bye, bye. I'm gonna miss you so. Bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that direct to camera, and Margaret singing in that yellow dress her little flouncy humor i oh, i love it it was She's just great. so cute so coy you know running towards the camera running away from the camera you know looking over her shoulder mm-hmm. all of just the little nuances and what she was doing was perfect spot on spot on and she continues to be awesome i feel like Anne margaret really well she opens the movie with that intro but really for when the songs start happening in the movie she's there she takes us through some of the first major moments and like for me this musical comes right out the gate with some catchy entertaining songs that i can't get enough of the telephone hour classic a bunch of teenagers tying up the phones the phones the town's telephone lines talking about (laughs) Hi, Nancy. Hi, Ursula. What's the story? Morning Glory. What's the tale? Nightingale. Did you hear about Hugo and Kim? Hi, Margie. Hi, Alice. What's the story? Morning Glory. What's the word? Hummingbird. I loved it. It was so fun. It was funny. It was fun to watch. It was a great great concept it was a fun song it was catchy it was good great concept and great way to start boy do you think the kids these days would get it no we're talking landlines here corded phones of various colors it was just funny yeah it felt almost seinfeldian in the way that like the issue of the the phone being tied up in the beginning like not gonna happen nowadays i know right your mom never has to tell you to get off the phone because she needs to call her friend. Like, the sad boy who has to call up different households and please can I talk to your daughter? Hello, Mr. Hankel. This is Harvey Johnson. Can I talk to Penelope? And is it true about Kim? Penelope? I just knew it somehow. Right, that whole thing of like having to call someone's house if you wanted to talk to them and the anxiety of maybe having to talk to their parent. What even happens these days? Do you think like someone just slides into the DMs? <laughs> yes. I don't think anyone has to talk to anyone's parents ever again if they don't want to. Prom proposals will happen via TikTok. 
Oh my god, I bet you are correct. Like, like people make each other TikTok videos to ask each other to prom. Granted, there hasn't been a prom in over a year, so it's true. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't pay me to go back to high school. Anyway. I was just, that got me stuck on the thought, like, would I go back to high school? Well, this does take place for a high schooler, which also, I mean, again, Anne-Margaret, she's great. So I don't remember this at the forefront of my mind, but she is supposed to be a high schooler and she is supposed to be getting kissed by a fully grown man. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. (laughs) And it's not great. And you know what? I'll tell you that there are some consequences in the Broadway version. Which you tell. Should I tell you? Should I save it or should I tell you? <laughs> okay, well, we wait. We can wait. Um, but yeah, Anne Margaret, 21 in real life, playing a 16 year old. So. Yeah, I mean, that always happens. That always happens. That she always does happens. a good job. So the telephone song was great. Yeah, if you didn't watch the movie with us, I would recommend just searching on YouTube the telephone hour from Bye Bye Birdie because it's just a delightful, cute song yeah it's really fun to watch especially this is one of those where watching it i think is way more gratifying absolutely because we're getting some of those 60s techniques of um like you know they have the illustrated backdrop the cutouts the cuts yeah the cutouts and people like in different shaped cutouts really great like 60s techniques all over this Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm and so the point of the telephone hour is that Kim just got pinned by Hugo. So she has a steady life's going great for her um, relationship, uh, teen drama. Love that. And it goes right into how lovely to be a woman, which I think has only gotten more hilarious to me as I age. A hundred percent. I don't know at what part in my uh, youth to potential womanhood as it is now have i ever been excited about it the way that she was this song is funny because you have this 16 year old girl truly believing that like okay now that i have a boyfriend like i'm a woman now i have been elevated the naivete of it all is just so sweet i think i did literally laugh out loud during this song because it is just so it's adorable (laughs) just how lovely to be a woman and i get to wear fancy clothes and mascara i get to wait for a date i get to pick a boy and train him <laughs> right she doesn't know about tinder <laughs> i get to swipe right or left oh the times are truly sad now <laughs> how lovely to be a woman the wait was well worthwhile how lovely to wear mascara and but it's just every lyric in the song makes me laugh me too it was was definitely a fun one it's an adorable one and then the interaction with her mother that follows immediately after like thinking that you are on the same level as your mother when you're 16 is now looking back on that i'm sure we all felt that way like once we hit a certain point in adolescence you know we want to be treated like adults not a little kid anymore yeah but as a 31 year old (laughs) now looking back on that it's like oh honey yeah precious precious child you know nothing you got plenty of time to be a quote adult yeah and it sucks Nothing glamorous about it. No, and mascara is the worst. Mascara is the worst. It gets clumpy, and like if you don't take it off, it's not fun in the morning. I mean, if you don't take it off, that's a quick way to an eye infection, little lady. So, doesn't work as well in the song. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun to watch her perform that. She's really great in everything she does in this movie. This is just going to be like the Anne Margaret fan hour right now. Who knew? Not I, but uh, there's really not a bad thing I can say about her. She was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great. And then we get Conrad Birdie entering the scene after a great little rendition of We Love You, Conrad, and We Hate You, Conrad by the boys and girls of the town. Um, Conrad shows up 
to accept the key to the town, key to the city, and sing Honestly Sincere, which hilarious. You gotta feel it here, cause if you feel it here, well then you're gonna be honestly sincere. Another great sequence, really fun. Um, I found him to be underwhelming, but I think that was part of the point, is that like, he's not as great as Elvis. <laughs> Right, there's like nothing special. He could be like an impersonator, him. but worse. So I loved that actually, and it came through in <laughs> the sequence. But the way that everybody reacted to him, it really set the tone for the ridiculousness um, that would continue throughout the entire movie. As mm -hmm. far as like how people re uh, related to Conrad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The thing I like about this movie overall is it really is making fun of itself i was really impressed by how like good it made fun of itself considering that it was making fun of just a few years before and it feels like now we're constantly parodying things that are like five to ten years old but like it doesn't feel like that was a thing back then maybe and the fact that they did it so well was like it makes really it good. actual satire. Exactly. You know? Yes. Like Greece is is not the same thing as this because in part like how far away it is from the actual time that it's talking about. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But there are familiar notes that are the same between the two. For sure. Like this made me want to watch Greece again, actually. Same. But it is a different element when you're like you're still in it. You're directly producing a satire on this hysteria that you're still in. And exactly. The moment you're still in and the gender roles that still dominate your life and all of that. I loved it. It's great. One of my favorite songs of the movie is, well, the song's called Hymn for a Sunday Evening, but it's the Ed Sullivan song. Because Kim's father does not want her to go on this adventure. He doesn't want her to be kissed by Conrad Birdie because Conrad is a doofus. <laughs> He's a pelvis-twitching idiot, <laughs> you know? Um, but once he finds out that all of this is actually going to happen on the Ed Sullivan show, and he himself will get a tiny little piece of it, <laughs> which of course he's obsessed with ed sullivan because like back in the day when all of america watched the same thing at the same time together ed sullivan was one of those things and so he sings this song with his family great Hilarious. ed sullivan love it for the harmonies love it for the humor great performance overall great one to watch because of the way that it's done you know the way that the song is performed is just right it, it adds so much to it absolutely um then let's see what do we have this whole thing this whole situation is not easy on hugo poor hugo poor hugo he just pinned her and everything just got the courage to pin the girl he likes he's got a steady now he thinks he's got it made but no in comes a pop music teen idol to steal his gal this won't do nikki this just won't do he's jealous and he tells her so mm -hmm. he does not want kim to kiss conrad what about the things we had together kim don't you love me <laughs> it's a little extreme but yeah. all of it is but when you're a teenager, everything, everything is extreme. Everything is the end of the world. Um, so to reassure him, Kim's going to sing that song, One Boy, mm -hmm. uh, which is 
also funny and maybe ruined me a little bit as a child now thinking Aww. back on it <laughs> just the sentiment of like one and done one boy forever <laughs> not great no not great <laughs> but on the flip side we're also getting to the point where finally gonna get a dick van dyke song it took a while to get him really like going in this movie and i was surprised underutilized very underutilized i just remember, where the f- is dick van dyke how they can sit on so much talent and not use it huh. that is for the, shame that is the downfall of this movie if we had to pin one it would be a lack of dick van dyke they really didn't integrate the two storylines very well. Right, because it's... The the Albert Peterson storyline is the one that changes the most from Broadway to film, and you can tell a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it still works, and it's still enjoyable and super entertaining, but just to know that there's a world where you could have more Dick Van Dyke in this storyline, I feel cheated. Bamboozled bamboozled (laughs) anyway this song i was excited for you to hear because it's i think like the one song from this musical that has really popped out and gone to more places in the cultural narrative yeah when you said while we were watching you said you're gonna recognize a song coming up i was like i have no idea what she's talking about couldn't fathom that it would be what it would be put on a happy face (laughs) I look so awfully tragic, put on a happy face. Smiling can work like magic, put on a happy face. Take off the gloomy mask of tragedy, it's not your style. You um, but so no, I do love that, that song, so that was really fun. This is also one of those delightful moments where we're getting like all of the 60s camera tricks you know, we have the character of Rosie having that, like, apparition of herself. We have Dick Van Dyke, like, writing cartoons in the sky of the happy faces and then having them, like, melt away. Yeah. It was just, like, an amazing merging of all of, like, the new 60s techniques that they had discovered, like, green screen and, and how, like, the the apparition version of somebody, like, the like hologram of the time you know mm-hmm. and then like the animation fused with the people and all the stuff together and the melting and the you know trippiness of it all is like uh everything together in one spot and dick van dyke and dick van dyke and dick van dyke doing some physical comedy and just those sticks those ugh. legs Ugh, a marvel a marvel how do they move like that I don't know, but I love it. Hilarious. So that's a great moment. And then we move on to a song that involves Albert Peterson's mother crashing the party in town. It involves Kim's father feeling disrespected. Basically a song revolving around how ungrateful kids are. The song Kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Noisy, crazy, sloppy, lazy, loafers. While we're on the subject, kids, you can talk and talk to your faces blue. Kids, but they still do just what they want to do. Why can't they be like we were perfect in every way? What's the matter it with was kids? It was funny. I mean, honestly, they... anything that involves Kim's dad and Dick Van Dyke. I should look up the actor that plays Kim's dad. Kim's dad dad definitely stole the scenes when he was in them because he just made these faces that were hilarious. Paul Lind. That's his name. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Great actor. Also originated that role on Broadway. Um, Just like another character that has so much talent and potential and does amazing every time that he is featured, like in Ed Sullivan or... Just his little one-liners and reactions to things, but, you know, I could have used more of him in this. Yeah, I mean, everybody was really good. All the acting was on point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. 
one of the themes that this musical kind of dips into is like jealousy because both Hugo and Rosie are dealing with jealousy from different reasons. Hugo because his girlfriend is going to be kissed by Conrad and then Rosie because Albert time and time again chooses to appease his mother rather than make commitments to Rosie who he calls his fiance but you know haven't seen a ring yet knowing what you've told me about the Broadway version makes a lot of things make some more sense if they highlighted it in the movie version you know like certain character interactions like the mother and the Rosie kind of thing it would it would connect it better if like the mom had some kind of thing against Hispanic people and if Rosie were actually Hispanic in this movie. (laughs) Right. One of the main differences between the Broadway version and the film version is the storyline of the Broadway show focuses much more on Albert and Rosie and their relationship and the character of Albert's mother on Broadway is actually a racist and does take issue with Rosie having a Hispanic background and all of that stuff and that's kind of not touched upon in the no. movie at all the mother is just kind of a curmudgeon and a guilt tripper right and just kind of mean to her for no real apparent reason right so you just say like okay i guess this is just what it is right but you know yeah whatever not great also the character of the mother in the movie that actress is the same age as dick van dyke she looked it up literally born the same year as dick van dyke justice for this woman she is not your mom (laughs) honestly like and the whole time we were watching this movie we kept saying like that woman is not old enough to be playing this role and furthermore you know i was really looking at her in those scenes and she has amazing skin she's glowing uh, she has this beautiful youthful skin and it's like how are you supposed to be playing this curmudgeon mother just because we put you in some orthopedic shoes an oversized fur coat like i didn't really need it it felt unnecessary if we're gonna have a mother character like can we please give the role to an older actress can we please support older actresses (laughs) it did feel like a missed opportunity entirely though yeah total missed opportunity um So continuing that thought about jealousy, Mm -hmm. that leads us to another big song and one of our bigger dance numbers, A Lot of Livin' to Do. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot, too. Um, So all of the teens go out to, like, the local hang, and Conrad is there, and he kind of leads everyone in this song about seizing the moment and you only have one life to live so i'm gonna live it and this is also a song where hugo and kim are trying to make each other jealous because they don't have the tools to deal with their feelings i mean they're in high school so it's a very high school way of dealing with it Mm -hmm. but it's also infused with this very big song and dance number which made it all the much more like entertaining Oh my gosh. And the type of dancing in this number. So fun. Oh my gosh. It tickles me. It's so much kicking. Just kicking and limp wrists. Our hands are like doing Uh, like uh, bunny uh. rabbits. Ears or whatever. I don't know. It was a lot. And I loved it. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. More shiny and you gotta move. Cause time is wasting. I got a lot of living to do. There's music to play, places to go, people to see. Everything for you and me. Kind of the the crux of the storyline here. We're gonna be at the Ed Sullivan show with this kiss. It's happening. There's some Michigas around how the logistics of this night are playing out, which I think is purely a construct of the movie and doesn't really have a place in the Broadway version. You know, the the segment gets cut. There's a Russian ballet thing. Oh, yeah, that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know what I found funny about that is like, so this is 1963, right? The Cold War is happening, and 
they took like every little opportunity to take jabs at Russians. I feel like so much of when I watch like uh, movies or television of a certain era, I always notice now lots of Russian jabs. I mean, it was just like something that I didn't catch on to when I was a kid, but now very woven into the fabric (laughs) of movie culture at this time. Like, let's tell a joke about Stalin. <laughs> like, um, there were other ones that I can't remember now. <laughs> no, there were other ones too. But yeah, like, it, it did strike me that they, of all the barriers for this to happen in like the last minute chaos kind of moment, like they used the Russian ballet, like of all things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, they, you know... Did you catch the fact that, like, okay, so they're in Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. And this Russian ballet is performing in Ohio in a venue that is outdoor. But, like, like full-time outdoor. It it looked like the Hollywood Bowl with a different stage facade on it. That doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me. Also doesn't make sense to me if you get Conrad Birdie, a.k.a. Elvis Presley, there is no way you are making him go second to the Russian ballet. Like, he's supposed to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. There's no way that you're going to cut time from the bigger person. True, but I feel like, is there a commentary in there about the old guard versus the new guard? I mean, like, the culture that the adults would like versus an annoying teenage fad that's happening because like didn't adults not like elvis when that first started happening i see your point right i see your point so yeah maybe it's less important to them to feature this i keep on saying pelvis twitching (laughs) (laughs) yeah this like for like the true culture which is the ballet yeah like the ultimate right okay okay um, I see your point. So, yeah. But anyway. All right. So they're in danger of getting their segment cut by the Russian ballet. And this is when the chemistry is supposed to play a part in this storyline. Uh, Albert has developed this compound, which is just speed, right? It seems like it's drugs. Like he. <laughs> it appears to be speed. It appears he's invented speed and uh, is now going to use it. Um, you know, the foundation, the, 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 the thing they laid at the beginning of the movie now comes back now to slip the drug to the conductor of the Russian ballet, who now, because of the speed, is moving much quicker through the ballet and making everyone go double time. <laughs> poor ballerinas. <laughs> the poor ballerinas, which then makes them go faster so that they don't cut their time segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just feels like another excuse for the Americans to laugh at the Russians in some ways. You know, like, everyone involved with the Russian ballet, the institution of it, is, like, horrified that this is happening. And it's, like, ruining a cultural icon of composition for them. But that's the American way. <laughs> Yeah, but like everyone in the audience is like, oh, huh, this is funny. This is great. And just laughing it Classic. all off. Classic America. But it gives us enough time so that Conrad can sing his little song and attempt to kiss Kim McAfee. And the song that Conrad is going to sing is, of course, the song that was written by our dear Dick Van Dyke. Albert Peterson. Whatever. Entitled it One really Last Kiss. Sublime, oh, honey, so sublime. You know I need your love. Give me one last kiss. Honestly, like the least exciting song of the movie, probably. Yeah, because Albert shouldn't be a songwriter. Is that the moral of the story? Perhaps. Um, but you know what? All's well that ends well. <laughs> I thought it perf- it ended perfectly. Like it, 
it did exactly what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. It got me to the Ed Sullivan Ed Sullivan show. It got me the song performance. Mm-hmm. It got me the kiss. But it didn't get you the kiss because well, Hugo runs up and punches Conrad in the face and he doesn't get to kiss Kim. Which is even better. Yeah. I like that even better. But I mean, he did kiss her um, in the rehearsal earlier on. Yes, and she did faint and directly she did faint. after. She did faint directly. So it did happen. And that's why I didn't necessarily need it to happen in that context because like also i didn't care about it i didn't want it to happen i thought it's gross so (laughs) the way that it went down for me was far more gratifying and then it just kind of went back to the bye bye birdie uh intro sequence no no what something else happened rosie oh you're right sorry now that this whole adventure is coming to an end and they've tried their darndest to get Albert's song out there and you know it kind of failed again because Conrad got punched in the face <laughs> great um, Albert finally well see in the Broadway musical Albert tells his racist mother off and he abandons her and like devotes himself to Rosie but since in the movie his mom's not a racist uh, she blesses their union because she has then found another husband to remarry and that attention that she lavished on her son is like there's another out for that now so albert and rosie are free to be together right and he finally finishes the love song that he's been working on for eight years entitled rosie you're right i did forget that how could i be blue in hand we'll mosey me and little rosie i think it's such a sweet song and it always makes me think of my mom it was a sweet song it was it was a nice little sequence to end on Mm -hmm. i should mention that my mom's name is rose and that's why it makes me think of that (laughs) hey rose hey rose (laughs) no it was cute it did though also do that weird thing for me where like I know we needed to close out their story, but it did just remind me again, like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. And I totally forgot. (laughs) Right. It does feel like all of the little jarring, all of the turning points of their relationship, all of the notes that they want to hit with that relationship feel very like wedged into this movie. Correct. Which is like a fact that made Dick Van Dyke and the other cast members coming from the original Broadway show to do this movie it upset them a little bit because you know it really did turn it into like the Anne margaret show and everything was re- rewritten to kind of feature her more and promote her rise because this did like launch her into stardom in the early 60s as like a um teen idol actress whatever up and coming starlet but people were I'm sure disappointed that their own roles were diminished, but also probably just disappointed that the storyline shifted so much and so many great performances that happened on stage were kind of like ripped from the movie version. Because there are a handful of songs that are cut from the movie, and then there are a handful of songs that get kind of shuffled around to try and support different narrative plot points. Um... So, you know, it just makes me more curious to see the stage production, something more true to the original. Same. I was also thinking that, like, um, it might have been somewhat new of a thing at the time, but when I think about things now, like things that are made from book to movie or whatever the move is to movie, like, it's so common for things to be changed so that you highlight the young starlet or the young star that you're going to feature, you know, like that happens all the time now. (laughs) But, you know, for me, it's like, okay, yes, I love Anne Margaret's performance and it's great. And I really wouldn't have it any other way. I still love this movie probably as much as I did when I was a kid. But did these changes happen to the detriment of the overall storyline and cohesiveness of plot points and stuff yeah i would say yeah 
I think it I does agree. lessen the overall integrity of the storyline and like the different themes that they could have touched upon. I think the storyline would have been enriched. You know, like it would have added to it in a way that would have made it more whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But overall, as a brightly colored poppy satire of teen idol ship, idolhood, idolness. No, that's different. Idolatry. Oh, idolatry. <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Thank you for just patiently sitting there as I iterated on incorrect words. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, I overall really liked it. I loved the colors. I loved the dancing. I loved all the little kicks. Um. <laughs> so out of five screaming girls, what would you rate it? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know like when I'm going to give a five. Can I do like a four and a half? Because it feels really close to perfect. Yeah, I mean, we could do whatever we Let's want. Let's go with, This like, is our podcast. And by a half, I'll say, like, you know, four teenagers and a, and a tween, you know, somebody that's, like, <laughs> oh. 12. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> or 13, oh, you know. Well, you said screaming girls, so. I know, I know. I can't do, like, half a person. I guess not. I mean, you know, like, any metric, four out of five hip twitches. Four and a half little kicks. Four and a half screaming girls. Um, I do like the Screaming Girls. Four and a half monochromatic outfits. Because there is a lot of dress to shoe to purse matching. This is true. Um, Four and a half. Four and a half teenage boys to train into the men you want. (laughs) That's a callback to Anne Margaret's song. (laughs) Four and a half Conrad birdies. (laughs) Four and a half eyes with mascara. <laughs> no, I don't know. Four and a half birdie bumps. <laughs> we are not comedians for a reason. <laughs> so on whatever scale we're doing, I will say it's four and a half because I think it was really, really close to perfect in the sense that I really enjoyed it. I was not like kind of waiting for it to be over. It was fun. It was colorful. The comedy was really, really good, and the writing was really good and sharp and funny. And so I really liked it. I would watch it again. I would see a Broadway version. I don't think I really cared for the songs that much. I will admit, like, the only songs that have stuck with me are maybe the intro and put on a happy face. But I did already know that one. But beyond that, like, I don't think any of the songs really resonated with me the ed sullivan show one was funny but for that maybe it's not like quite there but for everything else it was like great four and a half i feel like the songs do resonate with me but i also have like a long history like listening to them so maybe that's why i think the songs are good though i feel like i'm gonna give it five out of five dick van dykes four and a half dick van dykes because if i can watch this movie 20 years later which i think is the case because i'm quite old now um 20 years later and still love it and laugh out loud at it and not have the shine taken off of it really for me then I think it deserves five out of five in my book. I think it's really like close. I don't have the same history. I want to seek it out again in the future. Like I want to build a history with it. It's something that I feel like I would want to seek out and show kids in the future or like want to watch again or catch up with. So, you know, for the future, I think I'm there, but I don't have that history. I have to say that this is pretty exciting progress for our overall journey to have you give a musical four out of five. Four and a half. Four and a half. Sorry. (laughs) I'm always tempering my expectations. No, but this is a big turning point in our journey for you to give a musical four and a half out of five. Like, this bodes well. I hope we don't immediately fall from this point i hope this is not the height i hope we haven't peaked too soon i feel like that just leads me to the next question then what are we gonna do next 
um, well, thinking, maybe we do a little Sondheim, thinking, maybe we have a special guest host, next time, we might... I, I say let's do it. Honestly, like if we're feeling this good right now, you know, like if we're going to if we're going to flop, let's flop. I'm ready for it. Okay. But like I feel like I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I really think I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to come up with it anyways. OK, good. Then let's this is where I'm at. Like, I don't think I'm going to like it, but I'm optimistic enough to say like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, I applaud your enthusiasm. Thank you. I'm excited. I also don't think you're going to like it. Next time, we are going to watch Into the Woods. Into the Woods. It was made recently, wasn't it? It was made recently, so this will get us out of the early 60s that we've been in. Um, I believe it's available on Disney+. Plus. Probably. I don't know. I think I saw it on Disney+. Plus. Cool. I mean, if nothing else, it has Meryl Streep in it. I would say that, like, I'm excited to see some actors that I know and Meryl Streep, of course. Um, when we watched the, all those James, Cord- James Corden clips, remember, there was something that they did, and he's in it, I guess, and that got me excited. Yeah, he's in it. Um, Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt yes, in it. also that got me like Anna Kendrick excited. is in it, I think. So I feel like there's people in a there that people. I'm going to be excited to see. I don't think I'm going to like the music, but I'm going to try <laughs> and be open and optimistic. Okay. Well, I don't want to talk about it too much now because we have to like fill the next episode with our thoughts. Absolutely. We will talk about it on the next episode. This has been Broadway Broads. I'm Nikki. I'm Steph. And we'll do Into the Woods. Let's live it up and rid it swing. Oh.